Every town has a dark side. This is Andrew Fitzgerald from the Every Town Podcast, where every single week we dive into insane and mysterious true crime stories, most of which you've never heard of. Stories like the bizarre disappearance of Tyler Davis in Columbus, Ohio, a 29-year-old father trying to find his way back to his hotel when he disappeared and was never heard from again, and Elizabeth Shelf from Lugoff, South Carolina, who was abducted from her driveway by a madman and taken to his underground bunker in the woods. We give you all the details you're interested in hearing about without any fluff or fillers, because ain't nobody got time for that. We cover everything from psychopaths to poltergeists, so go check out the Everytown podcast, because every town, no matter how nice it may seem, has a dark side. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, an update on the October 2017 Las Vegas shooting massacre that left 58 dead and hundreds and hundreds wounded. More than eight months later, we still know so little and so many things simply don't add up. An independent researcher provides an important update on this horrible tragedy. This podcast is brought to you by House Carers. You know the feeling, that knot that materializes in your stomach as you drive away from your house to begin a two-week vacation. By the time you hit the highway, worries are running through your mind. Did I turn off the coffee pot? What if the house burns down? Thankfully, there's a cure for this same old panic attack, house-sitting. If you don't have a neighbor to keep watch over your home while you're away, a house-sitter can really help your sanity. There's a company that can match you up with someone who will look after your home, and more importantly, someone with whom you feel comfortable. House Carers has been securely matching homeowners with house sitters for nearly 20 years, and they have pet sitters too. Find out more at clearbroadcast.com. That's clearbroadcast.com. clearbroadcast.com. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serres. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard Serrett. Welcome to your Friday. Well, we begin this episode on a sad note. A longtime broadcaster here in Toronto who toiled in the conspiracy arena, Gary Bell, passed away this week. The Spaceman, as he was known, uh, the host of A View from Space on AM640, a real original. Uh, his last show was in November of 2017. Uh, there's no doubt, uh, no question that Gary was a controversial figure. I didn't agree with a lot of what he said, but he certainly had the courage of his convictions. And I worked at AM640 for about four years, beginning in 2003. And uh, Gary was always uh, affable, very positive, very professional. If we met each other at the coffee urn, we usually talked baseball. He was a big ball fan. Someone who was a a frequent guest on Gary's show, A View From Space, is also a real original. I describe George Freund as the real deal. He's a fiercely independent researcher, and he's here with an update on the Las Vegas shooting. George Freund, welcome to Conspiracy Unlimited once again, my friend. How are you? Oh, very well, thank you. little repose for, you know, thinking about uh, one of the lost greats of Toronto Talk Radio and, uh, you know, that uh, 
was a heavy one to carry when uh, I was informed about that. Gary Bell from uh, View from Space passed away from cancer, and, uh, you know, I cut my teeth on his show. He gave me a free speech segment every Saturday night, anytime I wanted it, and we really rocked the house down uh, for a good period of time and tried to expose as many plots and conspiracies and understand it. And I think with you and Nelson and uh, with his show Cloak and Dagger and, and yours in many formats, uh, you know, it, it changed the, the whole dynamic of, uh, you know, police state control over the media. And, uh, you know, I look at it like the World War II era where you shivered with your little radio to hear the BBC in occupied Europe or in Russia in the Cold War where you tried to pick up Radio Free Europe, just for that glimpse of what's going on. But the most important thing was to have hope. Hope that there's someone somewhere spreading a message, getting it to uh, to people, that you're not alone, and that there's going to come a time when we pass a certain stage and liberate ourselves. And uh, I think that hope still gets carried on with all the formats you do and other people as well that, uh, you know, you figured it out, you've seen something wrong, you smell it, you know it, you taste it, but you can't find it in the newspaper, you can't hear it on the radio too much, or you can't see it on TV, and you're screaming inside, and you just want that uh, little bit of flavor to come out that uh, you know it's okay, and you provide that, and uh, so did Gary, and so did Nelson. And, uh, you know, like I say, I just look at that as, uh, you know, it would just be to relish those nights that you were on and uh, in those days in the post 9-11 hypnotic world of George Bush to just say this is a breath of fresh air that went around the world was spread among many 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 people and uh, we're still into it up to our necks like Bilderberg starts tomorrow and one of the major talking points is thought control mm. now I, I want to uh, I want to get an update from you on the 2017 Las Vegas shooting because we haven't heard much about it lately. Uh, of course, this now we're going on nearly eight months. Uh, let's see, October 1st, 2017, and uh, we're in early June. Eight months, over eight months now. And what's what's the latest? What do we know? Do we know anything more about the supposed shooter, Stephen Paddock? Uh, do we know anything more about, I don't know, security camera footage? What, what have you heard? Well, the big thing is just tonight, and I haven't had time to even look at it, but they're releasing the 9-11 tapes. And uh, I imagine in these intervening months, they've been screened and filtered to such a degree that they're only going to release information that supports the official story and you're not going to hear the truth. Because there were so many people that saw muzzle flashes on the third floor, other floors. Uh, you know, there's videos of uh, you know a guy with a shotgun running into the uh, crowd on the ground level and such like that. There was shooting everywhere. It was pandemonium. There was calls from the other hotels, reports of uh, security chasing security. Casualties were reported. That's all over the press. So we'll see if they uh, release some of those 911 tapes. I doubt that very much. I think they've been severely sanitized, if I was going to take a guess, or they wouldn't release them at all. But the big uh, news that came out, even though you know you have to go to alternative media to find it because it's just not going to be on the front page of all the newspapers, is the bothersome body story. So when they were doing the autopsy, 
they have completely different descriptions of the man, and and this this is uh, you know such a common theme. Like you know whether you go back lost to you. Are you JFK's. There? Yep. I lost you. Sorry, I you lost did? you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the let's start. Uh, let's start with the bothersome body. Uh, okay. So the, the autopsy of of uh, Stephen Paddock. Um, what what do we know about that? Well, what's come out in alternative media that's never going to be on corporate or mainstream media to any degree, really, is it appears we have two bodies. And, uh, you know, whether we go back to uh, the classic with JFK and uh, the autopsy results there with two different descriptions and two bodies, because really it was probably Officer Tippett that they had uh, to examine, we have two guys. One is six foot one. That's the way they describe them in the autopsy report. There's only one problem. Paddock was six foot four. And this body that they uh, did the autopsy on had terrible teeth, had terribly rotten teeth. And unfortunately, Paddock was a multimillionaire and he could afford to go to to the dentist and uh, he had excellent teeth. So we have a very, very vivid anomaly here that we can say this isn't the same guy. So Dr. Lisa Gavin did the autopsy and, you know, she reported him being 73 inches long, six foot one. And, uh, the other problem is, and this happened in another, uh, you know, mass shooting in the states with one of the suspects, as I recall. They had different eye colors. Paddock's eyes are listed in, uh, you know, his identification documents as being blue, and this guy on the autopsy table had brown eyes. And uh, you know, that's just one of those things you just can't make up. Like, okay, it's class characteristics. You know, we don't have to see, you know. All the minor details, if somebody's really different in height or you have a very different thing, like, you know, different colored uh, eyes and and your teeth are completely different or missing or whatever, then you can't possibly be the same person. And uh, to make an identification, you need lots of points because if you're the same, then everything has to be pretty much the same. So to come up with dozens of them is no no uh, mean task. Who who released the, where did we, where did you see this autopsy report? Uh, this was out in alternative media, and it was, uh, you know, the classic uh, Republic Broadcasting in the States that uh, put together an article, and their source was the Daily Sheeple, a very classic uh, alternative newspaper. And, uh, you know, it became public knowledge that uh, the you know, this stuff was released. They named the coroner and the doctor, Clark County Coroner, Fudenberg, Dr. Gavin, the pathologist, Detective Alsup, and Detective Colon and uh, two FBI agents, some technicians and such like that. Was this, and, uh, was this released through a Freedom of Information request, or was it made generally available to the public? It was generally available if someone wanted to see it. Mm. It's just there's going to be a complete media blackout, because uh, I guess no one would even suspect, maybe on the dark side, that someone would even question these great uh, authority figures on what they're releasing, and they're so used to that their byline is the official story, period. You know, you talk to the chief of police or you talk to the, you know, the spokesman for any form of government or something, that's the official story, that's it, there's no questioning it, there's, uh, you know, nothing. And most people just accept their word as gospel, really. If there was a cover-up, though, why would someone be so sloppy as to make such obvious, blatant errors on an autopsy report? Well, they probably don't understand that, uh, you know, Dr. Gavin probably believes she had the real guy. 
And, you know, maybe it's beyond her ability to think that they would pull a switcheroo on her and that, you know, you trust these uh, police to bring in a body all the time for various serious cases and, you know, you, you just believe them for what they tell you. So they bring the guy in, this is him, and we've done the identification to prove that it's him. And you're looking more for the cause of death as opposed to the identification. So you just write down what you see and record what you see. But uh, you're just taking it pretty much on their word that that's who it is. And uh, even if you start to have some suspicions or doubts, they're generally not career-enhancing uh, things to do because if you ask too many questions, you get the cold shoulder of reality and uh, you know get ushered out the door, or worse. And uh, in a high-security case like this, you can pretty much imagine that it's going to be worse. And, uh, you know, so you know not to rock the boat. You just give them what they want and uh, and leave the scene. The You know, the funny thing about the teeth, uh, and is it reminded me of when they uh, executed Saddam, uh, they had a double going to trial. He had terrible teeth, thing. that's true. He when they terrible pulled, teeth. When they pulled him out of that... had s- smile. When they pulled him out of that spider hole, he had <laughs> terrible teeth. There was that exactly. scene where they're, they're poking around in his mouth, inspecting... Uh, inspecting him, someone with rubber gloves. I remember that vividly on, I guess it was on CNN probably, uh, with his with his hand in, in Saddam's mouth. And you're right, they were terrible, terrible. So teeth. if you're going to get a doppelganger, get him a dental plan. <laughs> Unionize the, the guy. That is you the know? lesson. Okay, so so we have a uh, we have we have someone who is not Stephen Paddock on the autopsy table. Uh, we also have reports that there were a number of women in the hotel. Uh, tell me about that. How many were there, and what is the timing? When were they there, and and uh, when did they leave, and do we know who they are? We can't know who they are because when the police uh, you know, released the dispatch logs, they found it on page 26 that there were three women in the room. And uh, they completely red-acted their names. So they're just, you know, number one, number two, and number three. But uh, they they uh, checked in with him uh, on the 25th and checked out on the 2nd. And they're just kind of like shut up now by Sheriff Lombardo, like they don't exist. And uh, Wait a second, the, they checked out on the 2nd, but the shooting occurred on the 1st. So yeah, were they... so they were there the next day. So, you know, they might have had their own room somewhere. It just says that these were in his room, not necessarily, get, you know, signed in as guests in his room. Got it. And how but do we know they, they were in his room? his room? How do we know that? Well, it's in the police police dispatch logs. Okay. So they just say we have three women listed here. They call them uh, number one, number two, and number three because they red-acted their names. And, uh, you know, th- th- this is just mind-boggling because... You know, they just, like, disappear. They go out the back door, and nobody knows who they are or what they are, and just, just reeks of a um, an intelligence operation at the highest level that you're extricating your agents and covering up that they were even there. So if you ran the, the local newspaper and you got a scoop like that as a reporter, like, generally in a decent world, that would be front-page news to say, you know, we found in police logs there's three women here. How, who are they? We want to know the details. And uh, but it's just buried. No one talks about it. Uh, they just pretend like it never happened. And if it wasn't for you know hardcore people who do uh, alternative media and who, who investigate things properly with a much smaller audience, but you dig out the facts and present this to other people, and uh, you know I prefer to act as a medium to share this around with as many people as possible to poke holes in this story. 
because this is the classic uh, type of operation that has ulterior motives all the way across to totally destroy society as we know it. And the big thing they seem to be after in most of these events is to go after American constitutional rights. And the first one is the right to bear arms, that they want to make guns look bad, anyone who shoots looks bad, so it's not the fact that maybe they were doing uh, uh, an arms deal, smuggling for the CIA, which has come to light, or that uh, they're doing like a fast and furious operation where they gave guns to Mexican drug dealers before. Uh, no, 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 we have to blame, you know, some Joe sports shooter or, you know, someone in the NRA, they're the villain, and then... It's just like uh, Orwell's two minutes of hate turns into 24-7 until people throw up and they can't take it anymore, that they just bring this over and over and repeat it and repeat it and repeat it, but only for their special cases. Other cases can happen. People can die in droves for one reason or another, but if it's not a, uh, um, you know, a legitimate uh, stage operation for the deep state, it's uh, pretty much swept under the rug. Have One, you ever uh, seen uh, a coverage of a story like this before where here we are eight months later, still no motive, uh, very few details released. Uh, we, it's, it's a virtual news blackout. Have you ever seen a story being handled like this? Well, they do some of the others, too. They, they have a time limit, it seems, and then they wear out because they're not, you know, getting what they really want to get. So if we look at the nightclub shooting in Florida, sometimes a factoid gets out that, uh, you know, blows the story, and then it goes down Orwell's memory hole. And as soon as some of the alternative media got into some of the uh, nefarious things with uh, Paddock, the fact that, you know, he was in Chicago earlier in the summer to meet one of these arms shipments coming in for... Uh, arms being shipped under diplomatic cover to go to the Middle East for rather sundry characters, I imagine, to probably support the fighters in uh, Syria. They go through Bulgaria from Azerbaijan and uh, other countries we can't speak their language or know about. And uh, some of these little bits of truth get out, and then they realize that, you know, if you really get into a big debate about this and someone has this information, you're going to lose. The big one with the Florida nightclub shooting was there was another guy, and he got arrested in California, and he said, I was trained with the shooter. We were hired by the CIA, and he went to the police because he was afraid. They promised me they wouldn't kill us. <laughs> the other guy's dead. So I'm, here's my guns. I'm turning myself in. And then, uh, you know, so that really doesn't make that story viable anymore. It's swept under the table. They don't really report too much about the other guy. It's just a quick snippet, and it's over, and uh, everything goes to, and gets buried. This is pretty much the same way, where it's not a talking point anymore. Then they bring on a new disaster, because the last one didn't work too good, and the only thing they can carry from story to story is the emotion, the hatred, the anger that they want to establish and uh, that moves on, gives it a momentum where people actually go begging to the government to say, take away my rights and freedoms because I'm afraid. And uh, I'll be safe after you do that, not realizing that they're walking into a trap. And uh, that's just the sad part of the human condition, really, is that we're so quick to throw all our rights and, and uh, out the window with the baby in the bathwater story. It, it's just absolutely terrible, really. But okay, uh, so we we talked about the um, the autopsy. Um, we talked about these three women that were in 
Paddock's room, but we don't know who they were. We don't know what they were doing there. Uh, they haven't been named. You would think that they would be certainly persons of interest or suspects. However, not, nothing on that. Now, I want to ask you about uh, Prince Al-Walid, um, who um, was at one time I, supposed to be in line to the uh, the throne, and, and then uh, Prince Salman was named in, in his place. Uh, but he, but but Prince Al Walid owned or owns the the thirty second floor of the uh, of the Mandalay Hotel. Uh, so what what can you tell me about a possible Saudi connection? Well, the Saudis are masters of this arms deal with uh, the CIA and Silkway Airlines. A lot of the, the lading certificates that uh, this Bulgarian reporter came up with say very clearly that the uh, the receiver of the shipments is the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. So, you know, they are right at the top end, and he could be there as, uh, you know, someone to broker the deal, and uh, that something went south uh, on this deal, that he just happened to be there. And so who was uh, pulling the chain on the uh, the shooters, or was this some attempt to, uh, you know, to break the supply chain and take out the... Uh, you know the ringleader behind it from the Saudi state, and uh, and go after them, and everything just goes wild. It's it's hard to say, but he was there, he was extricated. Uh, the thing that's surprising, though, in the extrication, is he doesn't seem to have his own personal security staff there. It just seems to be the locals that are taking him out, and uh, that would seem to be a major breach of security. Is that you would let your your principal that you're protecting be taken away by a foreign countries security people without you being there to uh, just make sure everything's on the up and up because they do travel with their own people the RCMP aren't going to take away an American dignitary uh, you know from the Secret Service or uh, whoever is protecting them they come with their own guns and they look after people so that seemed to be very highly unusual and why they were hustling him out like that and we know for certain that that was Prince Al-Walid who was being let out there's no question about that correct it appears that's the case, right? You know that uh, that he was there on uh, on this junket, and uh, of course, you know, there's always a cover story. Everybody goes to Vegas. You're just gambling, having a good time, having a party, and uh, all these other things. But the most important thing was, you know, most of the uh, videos that people shot, the, these these gunshots aren't coming from the top floors. They're coming from the bottom floors. You know, a taxi driver pulled in and has video of the third floor. There's shots from the seventh floor. Uh, people were saying, uh, you know, these these rounds are being fired from all over the place. Someone even said that there was rounds being fired from a helicopter flying over top. Now, you know, all this information, you ju- you just can't sweep it under the rug. That's uh, the you know the modus operandi of the the top false flag things like 9/11. Is you know any anybody sees a contradiction, it's swept under the rug, it's ignored, no one answers it or makes uh, light of it. But uh, you know, we have film. We have film, we have eyewitnesses, they saw it, it's recorded, and, uh, you know, so then YouTube was going after a lot of sites uh, or, or individuals that posted things to come down, or, you know, the uh, the war for information, you know, going after your First Amendment rights for free speech, that's another big one now, to, to take away anything that you can uh, say about a, a topic, you're shut down, you're... Sh- they they force you into a, a niche that uh, you know you may be ridiculed or mocked by the uh, the large media and uh, all your observations are cast aside even though they're very very real. Uh, my webmaster's company, uh, you know, was there 
you know, they had a big uh, do in Las Vegas, and some of the people he worked with were shot. So that's one of the first things I wanted to make sure that, you know, it was a real deal, that it wasn't a false flag and used with just actors or anything like that. And, you know, he assured me that, uh, you know... No, there are, 58 peop- there are 58 people dead. George, let me take a moment to let my listeners know about something I think is really important. It's called the keto diet. Almost every diet works by temporarily putting your body into a state of ketosis. In this state, your body burns fat for energy instead of burning carbs. But these diets ultimately fail because they allow too many carbs to be reintroduced, flipping your body's source of energy back to carbs. Want to make your body always burn fat for energy so you lose the fat and keep it off? Try the Keto Diet by requesting your free copy of Bacon and Butter, the ultimate ketogenic diet cookbook. Grab a copy while supplies last. All you pay is shipping and handling. Keto Resources is making this offer to introduce you to their community of like-minded people who are on the path to looking and feeling great. But don't wait. To get your free copy of the Ketogenic Diet Cookbook, go to OneGreatSolution.com. That's OneGreatSolution.com. OneGreatSolution.com. If there's one thing money can't buy, it's sanity. (laughs) Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. George Freund, the host of Conspiracy Cafe, is here giving us an update on the Vegas shooting, which occurred back in October of 2017. Uh, I just wanted to come back to the Saudi connection for a minute because it was also rumored that Prince Salman... Uh, was also in Las Vegas at the time, staying at the Tropicana, uh, and that there was a possibility that Al-Walid, uh, because he had been spurned, he had they had elected to go with Salman, they wanted a more moderate on the throne, that uh, Al-Walid may have made, been making an attempt on Salman's life, uh, so that there may have been some sort of a coup or something going on in in Las Vegas, uh, does that play into this at all, do you think? Oh, it can. That's one of the best ways to pull something like that without getting caught, is to cause a mass casualty event, and you have a primary target. And the primary target is killed with dozens of other people, and you just you you're just happen to be there. There's, there's no plot, there's no conspiracy, you just got in the way. And uh, But the hard part is he didn't seem to be in the way, so it, it would be difficult to uh, to pull that off, really. He wasn't outside. He wasn't with the masses of people. But uh, that, that could be a very significant uh, point of view, and it's happened many times. It's used a lot in, uh, like, the plane crash uh, event where, you know, you want to get rid of uh, people, like on Swiss Air 111. You know, there can be people on a plane, and you take down the plane. They disappear. They're not going home to do what they normally do, and that's the end of it. And no one's going to think about it too much because it just looks like it could be a natural disaster or an accident. The Beltway Sniper is a classic one with the shooting because, uh, you know, the woman who designed the FBI's InfraGuard system was one of the casualties. And this was like one of these things that hooked up all the government computers so that you could have control of them and such. And, uh, you know, taking her out silences her and anybody that might be around her that, uh, you know, yeah, he kills some other people, but it just happened, you know, you're bad luck, you were going to the store, the gas station, and he got you too. But uh, he was a hardcore Manchurian, it was no doubt when they turned him off with the duck in the noose uh, speech, 
that you could see he was a Manchurian, and uh, he shut down after he did his uh, his dirty work. And this is a common tactic used by the Americans. They did it at Fort Hood uh, when Dr. Hassan killed Dr. Caraveo. They both worked at Guantanamo. So what are the odds? You know, you have just having a doctor kill a doctor in a bizarre way is, uh, you know, unusual. A psychiatrist killing a psychiatrist, and then both of them uh, have worked for the American military at Guantanamo Bay. Uh, well, it, that just seems like a, a massive way to shut them both up. So uh, I would probably look at Hassan as being more a patsy, because dead men can't tell any tales, and uh, it just seems totally out of character for for one of them to kill another one. And there was other doctors and nurses that were wounded as well that had connections to the military and maybe uh, on top of what their secrets are, and they're not going to let it out. The uh, this, you, you mentioned you know witnesses that reported seeing. Other gunmen. Uh, there was um, one witness uh, who said that she was being chased on the ground. But a number of people were fleeing. Uh, people who had guns, and uh, then we have a number of these witnesses. Uh, one quite uh, quite vocal, I believe, um, Kimberly Suchamal. I'm not I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that uh, correctly. This was uh, a young woman who then later passed away mysteriously in her sleep about a week after the massacre, and you add her name to about a half dozen others, and suddenly, of the survivors, you have seven people who were there who died somewhat mysteriously or violently. Yeah, I think there was a couple killed in a car crash. Uh, that's that right, that's right. Close-up witnesses Dennis, as well. Dennis and Lorraine Carver. Uh, they were killed on about two weeks after in a car accident near their home in in California. Their car veered off a curved road and um, struck a, a metal gate, I believe, and, and and caught fire. They were burned alive inside the vehicle. Just a horrible, horrible way to go. Uh, so yeah, you have about seven people now who survived the massacre and they're all dead. Coincidence? Hardly. And uh, I look at it, it's just like the Kennedy assassination, that's like a, a blueprint model. You know, if you're going to look at something that's nasty, you know, how many of the witnesses were taken out afterwards, it's just uh, routine. You know, anyone who had uh, evidence, photographic evidence, you know, in those days it's, you know, good old-fashioned film, so, you know, their homes are broken into, or, you know, it's just confiscated, or they ask you to turn it in and nobody ever sees it again. And uh, that's just part of the cleanup of, uh, of these types of operations. So you know it's an inside job. You know it's a government job when you see the body count and you see uh, the evidence just disappearing into thin air. And it's, uh, you know, it's just a terrible shame that uh, this isn't the big story on CNN to say, okay, you know, we got you. But uh, these, all these factors or factions are in cahoots with each other to lead a disinformation and cover story and let it go. Like even this uh, security guard, Jesus Campos. Uh, yeah, sustained know. a leg injury, a serious leg injury, and then leaves, uh, is given permission. Here's a principal witness. He's allowed to leave the country and goes to Mexico, uh, virtually disappears. Uh, and yet he has this serious leg. Uh, who would, you know, what doctor would allow someone to travel so quickly after a leg injury like that? However, that is a Jesus Campos. That's a strange one. Well, the other thing too is when they uh, gave him an award, it was very, very funny. Is they they photographed him 
in a restaurant that had been under renovations. And uh, this renovation was done long before, but he's pictured, you know, in, in a different style of resident or restaurant that he's in. It's not the same place because it was renovated. And there's old pictures. So he was photoshopped in there. And uh, so with this type of finagling to cover something up, well, you know, that's just dead to rights. You got them. But again, it's not going to get, you know, a a very small minority of people will know it or figure it out. And most of it will be covered up. And everybody believes the the cover stories just like, you know, they're getting religion or something. It's just amazing how mind-controlled people are to... uh, to obey what uh, comes out in uh, in the corporate media, and the, you know the official story, quote unquote, and you know that was one of the big things with 9/11 too, is where they would go back and we just took it for granted that they, you know, the CIA killed Kennedy, that it was a conspiracy, and, that, and then you know they even start to say, oh no, anyone who thinks that way is loopy, and uh, you know you you can't uh, even begin to form thoughts like that, but uh, you know it just goes hand in glove. Once one of them falls apart. They all fall apart, right? And the what whole house what, of cards comes down. What What else uh, right now um, regarding this shooting that took place in October of 2017? What else is kind of befuddling you? What, what other leads or, or loose threads are you tugging at? Well, one of them was this aviation company called Maverick, and it has CIA ties. So they uh, do, uh, even now they're on the internet, uh, you know, I just checked up on them, where they do like a seal extraction, extraction, you know, tourist flight. And you go, well, that's kind of ironic, because, you know, there were reports of people being extricated from uh, the scene and a helicopter in the air. But uh, this company has uh, been a, a regular doing CIA intelligence work. Uh, one of the big ones they started to get was to get helicopters, like Russian helicopters, for the war in Afghanistan in a, something called uh, Jawbreaker. And, uh, okay, so you, you've got a significant amount of history doing these sort of things. And, you know, here you are, you're on the scene. You know, another thing they did is they leased out uh, Airbus EC-130 helicopters uh, with the transponders going dark after three choppers came to hover over the Mandalay Bay just minutes before the shooting. Okay, you know, how, how does this happen? Like, you know, it, it's, it's just not going to be done. You know, the guy who owns the company is a Vietnam vet, uh, and uh, people started to track down his companies and addresses and find out that, uh, you know, all these companies are connected to Maverick. They even got his home address and, and such like that. So, you know, there's no way out that, uh, you know, we see you, we got you, you know, you're, you're caught red-handed that you're into uh, to dirty deals. Uh, you know, Chertoff, Mr. Profit Maker for security, he's going to sell backscanner radiation detectors like they use in the airports to all the hotels in Las Vegas. You're going to make a fortune if you've got to check everybody out before they go into the hotels because there's so many customers coming in to use the casinos or to go to a show. Uh, you know, this this is a gold mine for uh, for him, and uh, you you just happen to uh, you know be friends of and and be around to uh, to get this equipment to go out to uh, be mass produced and be everywhere. It's like they want to turn all of the United States into you know a, basically a prison that you can't go anywhere until you're searched and shaken down. 
you know, sometimes I watch an old movie and you see somebody go walking on an airplane. You just walk on, just like you're getting on the bus. And you go, wow, that must be an experience. And, right, right, uh, like the old, you know, we think back to the early 70s and, and uh, the D.B. Cooper case. <laughs> where you know he gets on a plane and uh he's he's holding a, a briefcase and he says there's a bomb in there uh you know hard to imagine there was actually a time when you could walk on a plane a domestic flight even and uh and have and have a a piece of luggage that wasn't you know thoroughly checked um, oh, it was beautiful. Every I week, going every to week, with there my were children and the pilots invented uh, invited us into the cockpit while we were going over the Rockies. Right. Every week there view. was every week there was a hijacking back then. Every week. Well, in those days, we were fighting another war, and I guess it was because it was obvious that we were fighting a war. We were doing that uh, Cold War uh, Operation Gladio style against the various terror brigades that uh, worked for the intelligence agencies. So we weren't fighting so much in uh, third world countries to try to take them over. We had the Red Brigades, the Biedermeinhof gang, people like that, and they're battling it out, uh, you know, the good guys against the commies and the commies against us. And, uh, you know, the Palestinians were uh, a big factor uh, in those days with uh, many, many hijackings. You know, sure. The raid on Antebi is classic. Yes, yes. So um, just in the time that remains... Do you have any new theories as to what may have been going on? Uh, was was Paddock involved in a gun deal? What, what do you think may have happened, as, as best you can piece it together? Well, there seems to be two uh, things. There was a gun deal, and he has come out that uh, you know with the Chicago thing that he rented hotel rooms uh, when the Silkways Airlines flight was coming in for the CIA. That's a big factor that uh, that he was involved in that. Plus, there was another paddock scene at another casino that looks exactly like him afterwards as well. Several days later, you you got a gambling habit. You know, you're just not going to shake it off. Uh, you know, you need to chill out after a massacre. So, if our body isn't him, then the real body went to other places, and someone's been seen uh, like that. One of the other uh, big ones is, you know, there's allegations of child smuggling. He owns a company called Paradise Ranch, and there's a Philippine Children's Fund of America that provides homes for uh, children, and uh, they're flown in and out of the Philippines. And uh, he has planes, and he was a pilot, and that he may have been involved in, you know, one of the most notorious things that uh, the New World Order uh, people are into is is this child smuggling rings. And... uh, that's the worst about it. You know, his girlfriend uh, was a CIA agent, most likely, because it was a CIA agent that sponsored her to come into the United States that signed uh, the paperwork to get her in. She had a different name uh, in those days because she was probably some sort of, uh, uh, you know, revolutionary fighter uh, in her home country at the time. And uh, it was like payback time to, uh, to bring her into the country. So if he was involved in this child sex ring, uh, what does that have to do with this shooting massacre? That could be just retirement. Uh, like if you got caught or you were about to be caught, because there's a lot of people that were hoping Trump was going to really come down on this, that he was going to release information and that he he was going to uh, expose a lot of this. So that's one of the big shaking things on alternative media is that we have these scandals and somehow... 
the Justice Department is going to get on track and they're actually going to move against some of these people, and he may have been one of them. And uh, the best way to get out of a crime is you're dead. Once you're dead, you can walk anywhere you want, do anything you want. You're officially dead. But why? But but why commit a massacre so, that way? He could just fake his own death if that were the well, case. Well, see, the, most of these plans are multifaceted. If you're going to go to this much trouble, you're you're you want to achieve twelve, fifteen different aims all at the same time, and uh, that could just be maybe his payment. I want to get out. And uh, I want a new name, a new identity, and we bury what I used to be so that no one can ever put me in prison and nothing can ever happen to me again. And that's my fee for, uh, you know, participating in whatever nefarious activities they were participating in. It creates the fear and panic to have the deep state take control of America, to keep us constantly on edge. This was a multi-multi-faceted program. It wasn't just, uh, you know, for one thing. There was even... You know, allegations about the short selling of casino stock that one of the uh, you know corporate uh, leaders down there was smart enough to dump some of his stock before it happened. So, uh, you know, the same type of thing comes into play again that well, someone's profiting from the crime. It's widely known, widely accepted uh, in the evil circles, and uh, they're pulling it off to the maximum extent and doing five or six or probably way more things all at once. And then something went wrong. And that might have been, uh, you know, that these arms dealers felt cheated. But the physical evidence is very clear. You look at shots of the hotel room. You know, they're up there. They're telling us that this guy's firing all these machine guns. Thousands of rounds. Thousands of rounds. rounds. There's hardly any spent casings on the floor. You'd be ankle deep, you would think. Ankle deep. hmm. You couldn't walk in the place without slipping and falling on them, probably. And uh, so the, some of the first shots, the carpets are empty. There isn't anything. And those things really fly. You know, they're going to go quite the distance when they're ejected from the barrel. And uh, at the scene where they have the body, which isn't him because he doesn't have his tattoo on his neck, uh, you can see that the, the cartridges were placed in the blood trail because the blood, you know, doesn't go around them like if they were there first and then the blood landed around them you'd see a movement a flow around these spent casings it doesn't look like that it looks like they were placed in the blood uh, purposely and there's not anywhere near enough of them all around and he's supposed to have shot himself twice as well one of those other classic false flag uh, things is you know you're shot six times in the back or you know you stabbed yourself that's right that's right you commit suicide by shooting yourself three times in the head (laughs) <laughs> that never happens. And, and yeah. no one questions this. Like, you know, it's one thing, maybe we don't teach it in school enough, but Aristotle's laws of logic separate the wheat from the chaff. And, uh, you know, once you get an ambiguity, that's it. It's over. This line of thought has to be corrected, and uh, it, you have to get rid of it. And there's so many ambiguities in all these, uh, you know, false flag operations and government projects are just nothing but a pack of lies from top to bottom. And, uh, you know, Aristotle's laws of logic are laws. This isn't, you know, well, this is the best idea we can think of uh, until the next one comes along in the cartoons. And you can apply that to all science, research, or any problem that's being posed by government and go through them. What is, is. There's nothing you can do to change it. But when you get ambiguities, well, then you have to discard what they call the excluded middle, that it can't be part of the equation anymore. And 
we find so many of these ambiguities that uh, you know it's it's unbelievable that people would even begin to argue with us to say that something's not real the way we think it is or uh, because we found an ambiguity it's the laws of thought there's nothing you can do about it now if if you're a sentient human being that can decide you know do i cross the street because the bus is coming or not you know you make those decisions you see something is unsafe you say, oh i stop but if you just keep blindly carrying on like a robot with the propaganda they give us uh, you're pretty much a mind control victim completely and totally and uh, really blinded to to what reality is and how well, you're right. our need, reality is being taken from us. We need to get back to the classical education when those when they used to teach things like rhetoric and they taught logic uh, in, in schools. In fact, I signed my boys up for a, a classical uh, online course in logic uh, that starts in the fall, but we need, we need much more of that. Uh, how do we hear your, your wonderful podcast, Conspiracy Cafe, George? Well, I put them on my website, conspiracy-cafe.com, and I've gone back to that channel to do recording in the studio again, so that'll be on the thatchannel.com website as well. And, uh, you know, one of the big projects I've done the last uh, two episodes is uh, Liberal MP's wife came in to confess all about what's going on and, uh, you know, how they launder money, how they've taken money, and the big thing that she says is, by the time we find out, they plan to have us enslaved. So when they talk about taking away rights and freedoms or gun control, that's the bottom line is uh, not only will they be rich and basking in the sun somewhere in their paradise papers, but uh, they plan to have us totally subjugated and under their control as slaves. And uh, the sad part is I wish I had recording material for even when we were off air because she was just singing like a canary it just wasn't stopping and it's living history there's no conspiracy there she's a wife of a prominent politician and uh she's just going on and on and on and on and on and it was, you know so at least we've got two hours recorded that uh you know people can uh to look into it but uh it, it's just uh, mind-boggling that what they get away with like one question i asked her was would we have a deficit if it wasn't for all this uh, stealing of funds she said probably not and Ontario is the biggest indebted sub-state on the planet Earth. That's right. Imagine. We can watch that on thatchannel.com, can we? Yes, that on interview? that channel, and it's on my site as well. And, uh, you know, I put it on my Vimeo page, too, to make another copy in case YouTube gets itchy fingers. <laughs> All right, thatchannel.com and conspiracy-cafe.com. Uh, George, as always, you're doing the Lord's work, and uh, we, we, we certainly will miss uh, Gary, the spaceman, Bell, but uh, we, we still have you, thank God. And thank God we have you. All right, my friend, be well. You too. Good night. Thanks, George. This story continues uh, to be very disturbing, and we'll revisit it again, I'm sure, because the mainstream media simply refuses to demonstrate even an ounce of intellectual curiosity or common sense uh, with regards to this story. Uh, and that's why this podcast exists. That's why uh, the late Gary Bell was so popular. That's why George Freund is so important. The alternative news has never been so important. Now, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath 
the stairs. I'm going to tell you what's coming up on Conspiracy Unlimited. First, let me ask you, do you own a dog? If you do, how would you like to develop your dog's hidden intelligence and eliminate bad behavior and create the obedient, well-behaved pet of your dreams? A woman named Adrian Ferricelli, a professional certified dog trainer, has helped hundreds of dog owners train their dogs to be well-behaved, obedient, loving pets by bringing out the hidden intelligence inside all dogs. You can quickly eliminate any behavioral problem your dog has, no matter how badly you think it's ingrained and no matter what kind of dog you have. The science behind this is simple. You may have heard of neuroplasticity in the human brain. Our brains are capable of learning new behaviors because of neuroplasticity. Well, your dog's brain has the same plasticity. And with the right mental stimulation that Adrian teaches, any dog's brain will become more open and receptive to learning new information. Your dog will listen to you and understand what you want it to do. And when this happens, bad behaviors simply fade away as more desirable ones appear in their place. So, if you want to check out this remarkable dog training system, just visit realbusinessbargains.com. That's realbusinessbargains.com. realbusinessbargains.com. Coming up on episode 77, my conversation with Joe Horn, the author of Time Bomb, a genocide of deadly processed foods. Until next time, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting. <laughs>